Good morning, Bridgewater State. Welcome to this week's episode of the College Sports Podcast. We are glad to have you on this week. And wait for Charleston to finish up her goddamn <laughs> drink. I am. Uh, welcome, everybody. I am. And Jocelyn, I have more er, empty cans of Barks root beer in my in my room than in the Celtics have final, NBA Finals appearances over the past 10 years. Freeman? And I'm Tanner. What the fuck are the Mets doing this week, you? Glad to have you guys. Some, and we are back with, you know, another episode of whatever the fuck this is. After er, quite possibly one of the most monstrous episodes uh, we've had in this show's uh, it was very in this show's just barely under a year er, history. I will, uh, I will definitely be doing a, uh, uh, we will definitely be doing like a one year special for uh, during week nine. Oh, that's which is, be a thing. That's yeah, be a we, and uh, uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately for you all, we do not have two hours forty five minutes uh, of speaking with uh, a certain Yinzer to talk about this. This week, but we do have. Well, I do have forty-five dollars seventy-one cents to spend on two fucking things of his quarterback arm, this armchair QB one of coffee. That's right. We. Uh, that's right. Even though he's not on in here, er, make sure to check out benchwarmbrew. dot uh, com um, to get yourself a of uh, some pretty damn good coffee. You can check out five points in his blend. You can uh, check out uh, armchair QB blend. You can. Uh, you can get yourself some pretty good coffee. Uh, uh, anyway, enough with the plug. Uh, and finally, back to the uh, thing where we have finally, uh, I have finally been waiting for since the end of, uh, since the second week of uh, February. Football is finally back with, uh, with the Hall of Fame game between in the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is one of the worst football games I have ever seen. But then again, it was a preseason game, so I shouldn't be too surprised. Yes, I mean, when teams are supposed to, I mean, when you have uh, practice squad members having to uh, to deal with uh, guys like Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, Cooper Rush, and Garrett Gilbert at uh, as their QBs, you kind of you kind of got to set your expectations low. But even then, this was not a pretty. Any relation to Blaine? Oh, that's, no, never mind. Never mind. That's Gabbert, not Gilbert. I know, I know, I know. I realize it's a suit more than said it. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, even uh, even though this was a preseason game, I maybe I set my expectations a bit too high. Yeah, because wow, this game sucks. Thanks. I didn't have any expectations, so I didn't want to expect. Yeah, but uh, uh but, but, in we, our, but in terms of QB though, jo- our friend Mr. Jo- Joshua Allen getting himself a nice little handsome payday, but from what ESPN did of a fuck up a Rooney. Yeah, uh, uh, at first ESPN reported that it was is six years, two hundred eighty million, but uh. But in reality, the, did say six years, two fifty-eight. Yes, six years, two hundred fifty-eight <laughs> million dollars with one hundred fifty million guaranteed. The, if I'm not mistaken, and this will result in a higher annual average annual value than in Mahomes' massive contract. And 
and if I'm not mistaken, also more guaranteed money. But wow. Oh, yeah. where did all this cap space come from? Mm, where did, I wonder where. That's, that's honestly the big thing that you got to uh, be asking with these, uh, with these massive mm. extensions is where are they getting these ca- uh, this cap space? And, and by the end of their contracts, are they going to be you know, underpaid for their position? And, or are they uh, thinking like, we're, or are they you know, like, we're thinking long-term and we want to give you uh, a, a boatload of money and women for, uh, for this massive contract uh, that's going to keep you high paid for your entire, uh, for the entire uh, duration. And honestly, I guess this is the cover coming out of the Pagula's ass. Yeah, probably. Anyway, yeah. Hey, we ha- we also have. Uh, speaking of, uh, uh, <coughs> uh, speaking of, uh, play- uh, players that are uh, highly touted. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson is uh, has suffered an AC joint strain. I'm not really sure. Uh, uh, what that. It means, so means the, is it so related to the ACL? Let me explain this to you. We got the doctor okay. segment right now. So the AC joint is a muscle in your shoulder that that helps with the mobility. Oh, that's not good. That's very yeah, not but good. it's not like a, a significant muscle, but it is it is one of the more it was it's one of the more useful ones, but it's not like a and you're useful enough to be important. Yeah, that uh. uh and you know, since he's a wide receiver, you kind of need your arms to move. You kind of need your arms to function. I mean, that's Maybe your brain to function too. I mean, yeah, you do need your brain in function, but I mean, we've seen, uh, we've seen Antonio Brown. That dude's got like three brain cells left. Uh, he's, uh, and he's still functioning. Yeah. This is I interesting. I just got this hot off the wire. Oh, um, Colts QB Carson Wentz and guard Quentin Nelson are trending toward being available for Indy's regular season opener against Seattle. Well, I mean, they did say five to 12 weeks. Yeah, so. I still think I agree with I also do agree with three last week that that's a that's a pretty odd. It, uh, it, pretty yeah, odd time frame, just five to 12 weeks. Yeah, but, not, not, yeah. <laughs> Sooner's always better than later uh, with uh, coming back from injury. Uh, let's just hope that uh, he doesn't uh, get hurt again. And, yeah. And and speaking of uh, the Colts. Yeah, injuries. Oh, wait, no, never mind. No, speaking I'll, of the Colts, we have uh, another pretty handsome extension in for inside linebacker Darius Leonard getting five years, 99.25 million, 52.5 million of that guaranteed. Dude, honestly, I'm just wondering why didn't they just go? Uh, why not just go whole hog? Give them five years, a hundred million. Give them five years, hundred million. That'd be because, yeah, that'd be, because the NFL would have figured, fuck you. That's why. I mean, the Cowboys gave five years, hundred million to Amari Cooper. Why didn't they? Uh, why couldn't the Colts do that? Uh, why couldn't the Colts just sell Sean an extra seven hundred fifty thousand? Was it two way contracts with the? <laughs> But, uh, well, and we're going to go from Indy to Kenton, where the NFL Hall of Fame induction ceremonies took place. And a very interesting part of that was Peyton Manning during his speech. And the way that he showed he cared about football really got everyone thinking, 
could this guy be the next commissioner of the NFL? The answer is no. Doing this Goodell guy is a piece of fucking shit and doesn't deserve to be in the league anymore. The answer is no. Because, and I can tell you for one big reason. As a commissioner, you need to care about one thing. As the commissioner for the NFL, you need to care about one thing more than in the players, and that's money. And Peyton Manning cares far more about the players than he does the money. Me. As I still, I, I still could see him as a commissioner, even though it's about, it's about the money and all that. I think, I think I could still see it. I wonder if he'd be, I wonder if he'd be making more money advertising for being the commissioner than he is advertising for, what is it, nationwide? What's he? Yeah, I think, nationwide. Yeah, with his good friend Brad Paisley. We are not sponsored by Nationwide. Nationwide, please reach out. Sponsor us. Please. That would be fantastic. Anyway. So anyway, hey. sticking with, um, we got some tragic news to report here as well. So, Virginia Union, the freshman defensive end, Quandarius Swilburn, collapsed at practice over the weekend. And it is sad to announce that he passed away this Sunday at the age of 19. Wow, that is that's awful, and that's really young. Yeah, just having everything taken away from you at the age of nineteen—that's that's, that's yeah, crazy. Like, yeah, like, what the fuck even happened? Oh, like, I because I, I haven't seen anything on like anything else other than that. No, no, like pre-existing conditions or anything like that. Because that's the, like that, but that's the only way I could see that being the being the case is having pre-existing conditions but yeah. rest in peace good sir rest you in peace we're gonna try and, and we're gonna do try our best move on to another piece of injury news because apparently that's always a big in football now well so duh, we, have we, you we watched last year and like maybe we went from uh football players getting arrested and having charts on them to now injured injured game player players getting injured the fuck yeah, but uh, and this, in this in this week it's Lord Duvernay Tardif. Yes, the first player to have uh, opted out of the uh, twenty twenty season for reason because of COVID. It is a uh, has a broken hand, which really doesn't help because he's also because if I'm not mistaken, he also has a medical degree. He will be out four to six weeks, which means. Means he will, which means there's definitely a possibility that he will not be <laughs> starting in opening weekend. Which, uh, honestly, that's kind of a, uh, uh, I don't know. We definitely I'm saw. That a the offensive line. We definitely saw last uh, in the Super Bowl that if you if you do not have an offensive line for Mahomes, he is uh, he yeah, is screwed. Because what is it? Eric Fisher was hurt. Mitchell Schwartz was. Is hurt. Tardif was, uh, Duvernay Tardif was, is, is opted out. Well, that offensive line was, uh, was just hammered to hell and back, and, uh, and so Mahomes had to scramble for, uh, for probably more yards than anybody else, uh, else had. I think they said it was like 500 yards that he had to, uh, to run to scramble for that entire game. Yeah, I saw something like that too. And but like, we have we have another extension to talk about. Johnson, you did tell me about this one earlier. Yes, the uh, going back to the Colts 
Oh, it's for just a little bit. Uh, they're, uh, uh, they're GM and, and head coach Chris Ballard and, and Frank Reich, respectively, uh, have both been extended uh, through the 2026 season. All right. My question is, how much do they stroke off the, the owner? Uh, I also how much do they stroke her, say? Hold on. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I will see just right quick. So while Johnson's doing that, um, it was revealed that Rodgers will not be playing in the preseason, and instead we will be getting Jordan Love to see to prove himself. Like it's like it's like that type of thing. He's gonna prove himself. Uh, there seems to have uh, the uh, NFL. The NFL app seems to have no uh, information about the. Uh, uh, about the figures of uh, the extension, and other than they got done, but uh, I thought check um Schefter because I think because I think he was the one to um to go put the announcement out on Twitter this morning. Maybe, but uh, but um, uh, speaking of which, um, the NFL Top 100 premieres this Sunday. Or- Correct. And because the, uh, we do not have all that fucking time in the world, we're just going to run out our top 10. I'll, and I'll go first here. <clears throat> so, how do you want? I got to transition my voice. <clears throat> At number 10, we have DK Metcalf. His Olympic like ability should be deserving of a good, a good placement in this spot. <clears throat> At number 9, Carlton Davis. His defensive prowess in the Super Bowl proves very worthy of a good spot on his list. Well, he isn't as speedy as Mr. Metcalf once is. You should note that Carlton Davis is Carlton Davis. Number eight, we have the now retired Drew Brees. Man, his career was absolutely legendary in so many aspects of the game of football. May he be missed by the, by the football guys. Number seven is Nicholas Chubby Chubby Chub Chub Chub, which is a very funny name to say in a voice like this. And I am trying to hold myself from laughing. <clears throat> but an absolutely stunning running back, to say the least. And number six, we have Josh Ellen, the man who led the mediocrity team out of mediocrity. And now, despite the AFC Championship loss, he still is a great QB. Oh, a lot of great upside left. Number five, we have Chase Young, the rookie defensive end, had a really good season, <clears throat> prowessing his skill of second QB and killing Joe Burrow's leg. And number four, we have the young QB out of Los Angeles, Justin Herbert the Pervert. <clears throat> Why the hell am I not trying not to laugh? Because that was. We have no evidence that Justin Herbert is a pervert. <laughs> there no, we go. We got him to crack. Yeah. And number three is the, is the defense killer himself, Derek Henry. The guy will kill any defensive end for breakfast and will make good work of him and send him to the freaking Kwanzaa linear system. Number two, we have Patrick Mahomes. So he would have been number one if the offensive line didn't give him so much shit. Now, number one, we have Tom Brady. 
Now, this may be biased because he was, was a New England Patriot, but I reassure you that his season, despite going a little, oh, I cannot talk today, despite going 11 and 4, is still very good. And he still has a lot left in the tank. I am not going to stop talking in his voice because I want to fucking jump off a cliff. All right, so. <laughs> okay, uh, your so... turn. Your turn on the voice. Your turn. I want to hear this. All right, so after uh, after that, uh, defenseless, uh, defenseless, defenseless uh, for some reason, except for Chase Young for some, uh, because we have to have one token defenseman, I guess. Yes, here is my <laughs> top ten NFL. Oh, players of 2021. Number 10, Xavier Howard. Don't, just don't add him in until, you know, after you've been reading the last. All right, so, screw the voice. But, uh, <laughs> uh, Xavier, Xavier Howard, I feel like uh, he definitely, uh, Xavier Howard, I feel like is definitely the best receiver, uh, not receiver, of, uh, uh, Xavier Howard, I definitely feel is is like one of, if not the absolute best, is cornerbacks in the entire early. He, he, we were talking about Revis Island several uh, years ago. Welcome to uh, welcome to X Man Island. That was uh, he's uh, uh Xavier Howard is is fantastic, and and Miami definitely did the right thing by uh, keeping him. Number nine, Alvin Kamara, uh, easily one of the the best and most consistent two-way backs in the entire league. Sure, he's not. Uh, sure, he, he. Sure, he didn't have uh, a thousand, a thousand like, uh, like a certain Christian McCaffrey did last year. Uh, well, that year. one game where you know he wore the uh, red and green, green leads, and he was like, "That's I'm true. That's touchdowns. That's true." Well, he would have got seven, but uh, I mean, six still won me uh, fantasy football. That, uh, uh, and six hundred dollars. Thank you, Alvin Kamara. Uh, Number number eight, Aaron Rodgers, is even uh, even though he's is definitely one of the oldest players in the entire uh, league right now. Uh, Rodgers showed last year that he definitely still has is a lot left in the tank. And he yeah. can't. Uh, no, he was pissed. Uh, he was uh, he was pissed. I mean, he did have some uh, some screw ups, especially that game against, uh, especially that regular season game against the uh, the Bucks. Uh, where he threw like two interceptions and couldn't get over 150 yards or something like that, but yeah, uh, he did. But overall, he did fantastic. Like, number seven, I have Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is is easily one of the uh, best receivers in the league, uh, and uh, except for uh, number six, Devonte Ad uh, Devonte Adam. Uh, I'm a great receiver. Yes, another uh, fantastic receiver. Uh, I, uh, for some reason, I felt he. Uh, I always had a feeling he was just a little bit overrated, but then, uh, but then again, I am a, uh, I am a freaking dumbass. So, uh, uh, I mean, he did. Uh, Devonte Adams overall is fantastic. He's, uh, he's a great receiver for, uh, the, uh, uh, a product of one of the best wide receiver classes. Is this league has is seen in recent seen, memory? In, in, I mean, in a class with, with OBJ, Jarvis Landry, and and the sort. Also, Mike Evans is in that class. I think Devonte is 
has made his case as the best as in that class. Yes. Yeah. Number five, TJ Watt. How this how this dude escaped mention on your list is 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 quite crazy. He was one of the best defensemen in the entire league last year. Put up crazy amounts of of sacks, tackles, and fumbles. One of the best outside linebackers in the entire league. Number four, Josh Allen, the quarterback, not the the quarterback, not the linebacker, but he that dude is going to be the is definitely going to be one of the future faces of the NFL. And I feel like he's definitely going to be the, he's going to be the best player from, uh, from that draft class. Lamar, I feel, uh, may, uh, Lamar, I feel like the team is, the league is going to, going to very quickly uh, expose his flaws. Uh, I mean, they already kind of did that last year. Uh, he was a lot less electric than he was is in 2019 but josh allen he's going to get better and better number three aaron number three aaron donald i feel uh, there's not really much introduction uh, to do here he's one of the best uh, in he's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league has ever seen in any uh, i mean he uh, he joins only lawrence taylor as the he joins Lawrence Taylor as one of the only two players in NFL history to have uh, three defensive player of the year or er, er, placements. Number two, Patrick Mahomes, definitely the face of the what NFL right now. If, if his offensive line didn't give him shit. Yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but for a player that uh, whose O line didn't give him um, shit. It, we have number one, Derek Henry. The this dude is an absolute train, and uh, and I feel like he's de- uh, this man. Uh, Derek Henry at some point uh, needs to win an MVP. Uh, MVP. He can't get a. He can't uh, just win Offensive Player of the Year. This this man is way too good to uh, to just be Offensive Player of the Year. This dude, uh, he's. A fantastic runner, or the best, uh, the best, like giant running back we've had, uh, the league has had since, uh, since at the very least Jerome Bettis. Yes, yeah. this man is fantastic. But that concludes yeah, so, our top one. And this yeah. concludes our top ten. And less. Yes, and now we have a special guest joining us. Tanner, would you like to introduce? Oh, yeah, for you to kill man. Sorry for all the, of the uh, delay. Here we go. Alright. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Common Sports Podcast. Good friend of mine is a host of the Prairie Pro Podcast, which I will be appearing on tomorrow night. And he's a Winnipeg Jets fan. Please welcome my friend, Carter Nolan. Carter, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Now, is it straight here? Just because it's showing, for me, it's showing oh, sideways. His video is also side. His video is also sideways on my end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm not the only one seeing this. Great. That's that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. How so are you guys doing? I want to transition from NFL to CFL. So, obviously, opening weekend now. You so saw you want to make Blue Bombers play. I got the chance to see my Argonauts play. Uh, yeah. 
I'm not going to lie. It was, it was exciting to finally see Canadian football. It's been 600 days since we've seen it. Um, we, uh, at the end of last season, obviously it went great. We won the Grey Cup. And uh, we have waited 600 days to defend our title. And it could not have started any better with a win over the team what we were facing in the final. So, because that, <laughs> that was our home opener against uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Fuck Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I, I it's <laughs> funny. I'm, I'm not a fan of them, but I don't hate them the way I hate Saskatchewan. I, I will always oh hate them. Oh, my God. I will hate to see. Everybody hates Saskatchewan. Yeah, yeah, well, especially if you're from Winnipeg, you don't like Saskatchewan. No, 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 no. (laughs) No, it's. uh... I was shocked to see the Argonauts actually get a fucking win in the opener, let alone. Yeah, especially especially against Calgary. It seemed like Bo Levi Mitchell just really couldn't. He didn't really get anything going. It's just, I don't know. It was. It was a bit unexpected because, like, I mean, he played he played not that great. Like, like there was a lot of better, a lot of hope worse. and expectation for him and Mike Riley of BC. Now, Mike Riley actually did get to play. He had an injured elbow, uh, which is why they were switching him out with Rourke. However, I was surprised by uh, their uh, Q, their rookie QB being able to put up some decent passing yardage against uh, Saskatchewan. They were down 31 nothing and they scored I think 22 points and almost won the game. So it was uh it was quite it was quite a game to watch. Uh, BC yeah, versus Saskatchewan. Yeah, for those of you that don't know why Jocelyn's quiet cuz she does not know Canadian football like we do. Oh, I see. I'm coming from I'm coming at this from an outsider. <laughs> no, look. No, I think my he's, favorite He's here oh, he's hearing names and it's just <laughs> yeah, hey, it's it's all right. It's, it's, I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm not the most knowledgeable about the NFL, just because I mean we don't have an NFL team, so I'm not as much uh, focused yeah, directly yeah. on it. But <laughs> I mean, I'm more of a CFL guy. I think my favorite moment from Week One though was that 106 yard pick six. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Was, it was, you gotta admit though, that was a that was, oh, yeah. that was beautiful. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the closest yeah. thing that we have here is uh, is players that are uh, is players that uh, from the NFL that couldn't really crack it. It just decided. Yeah, I mean, decide to go to the CFL. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was about to say the closest thing you guys have there is actually uh, the XFL starting in 2023 again. Yeah, uh, being an alternative football. It's funny because them and the CFL were actually doing some like negotiating with each other, and there's a lot of people thinking they do a merger. Uh, a lot of American fans wanted there to be a merger. All of Canadian fans collectively said no, no, no. Because they, America they, wants everything to be a part of America. Oh, I know, I know. But I don't know if you know this, but the CFL is... Just to put it this way, if you want to know how long the CFL has been around, this next season is going to be the 108th Grey Cup. One, It's been over a century the CFL has been around. And... It is something that is baked into Canadian tradition. The CFL tried expanding to, to the United States once. It did not go so well. So they didn't stick around. There was only one Grey Cup ever won by a, uh, I think it was Baltimore. I think they were the only great, uh, the only American team to ever win a Grey Cup. Oh. And uh, hmm. yeah, and I, uh, all the Canadian fans, they don't, they, they like, we like our rule book that we have. Um, we like that the field's a little bit bigger. Yeah, we like um, our, a little, little bit longer. We, 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 we like the three downs. Places. It works well. And it, um, 
Yeah, Charles Lee, with we the have three, three with, downs leading football. Yes, and with the downs. three downs, with the three downs, what I find happens a bit more is it encourages teams to get a little bit more adventurous with you having less, uh, less, you know, less downs for your offense to really produce something. It really makes them like, you know, really try to go for it and really try to pull off, you know, maybe a risky play that can really pay off. So that that's what yeah. I like about it. And I love our, uh, we have a five yard, no yards rule, which basically on kickoff, there's no like fair, uh, no, there's no fair kick rule where you can just take a knee and the play ends. Basically, uh, they have to keep five yards away until he catches the ball. So that way, huh. no one, there's no guy that comes running through and kills him. But it keeps, it means that there's still kickoff. We're not losing the kickoff to just a guy yeah. taking a knee. So, yeah. Yep. But, um, of an injury, like, of like concussion. Yeah, to say. It was, it was, it was because of injuries. And I, I, I like, I like, I love what the CFL did it, did with it. Uh, uh, I was okay with what the XFL did with it. I think it's better than what the NFL has with just the guy taking a knee and the play ends and everyone's just walking around. It's kind of boring. Um, but <laughs> just, just the kickoff, just the kickoff. I when, mean, yeah. when that happens. I mean, Carter, you have to you have to realize that uh, in the NFL, uh, what we do is recognize a problem and do and then uh, do the bare minimum to uh, to solve it and say, "Hey, we did it! We did it, everyone!" Yeah, that that that's, uh, that sounds like professional sports for you. Yeah, 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 that's, uh, I, I really I, yeah it's funny. I've been saying uh, it's funny. I've been saying this about the goaltender interference in the NHL, but they haven't even fixed that yet. It's been like what four or five years with that issue at least. Yeah. Hey, hey, this uh, this serves as a decent uh, segue into the uh, NHL segment <laughs> where yeah, uh, after, that one. yeah, after uh, after a week of uh, literally everything happening, we are still having. Everything happened. Everything happened. Wow, there are a lot of uh, yeah. there are a lot of signings. Yes. Last week. yes, and this morning Neil Pionk re-signed with Winnipeg. So I am yeah. very, very excited about yeah, that. Yeah, four years, twenty-three point five. Not bad for a young defenseman like that. Yeah, and honestly, Pionk, I'm not gonna lie, Pionk has been our best defenseman. Like him and. Like more, like there'll be times where Morrissey plays a little bit better, but I think and on average Neil Pionk has been play, playing pretty well. And there's some people who don't know who he is. That's kind of one of our crazy things, just because of uh, just because of the reputation that Winnipeg's defense get. However, I think our defense is going to be much better this season, adding Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon to that back end. Uh, Neil Pionk, if you don't know how good this guy is, whenever we play Edmonton, he would make Connor McDavid his bitch. He would not give him anything. He would not give him an inch. He would give him nothing because he knows how good McDavid is. So his game, so his game plan whenever we play Edmonton is stay with McDavid, give him no room. He does nothing. The team can do nothing because Edmonton's roster is so it, it's top so heavy. front, it's so top heavy that if you get rid of the top, there's nothing left. And now and that's how we're hearing, and that's how Winnipeg swept at Edmonton for nothing in the uh, first round. Winnipeg. They had like, I keep hearing about the Jets having depth, but there's, but it just pisses me off when we get the playoffs and we start so good. And then something happened, like it, 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 it annoys me how, I mean, the, like I'm, I'm wearing a Shifley jersey right now, but the Mark Shifley hit happens on Jake Evans. And then everyone just fucking gives up. Everyone just, like, like, yeah, your best player is out. I mean, that happened with Tampa. They won a Stanley Cup like that. 
it happened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it uh, actually it didn't really happen with the uh, Bruins with with Aaron Rome um, just laying out Nathan Horton. But I mean, Horton was definitely a big a contributor to that twenty uh, to that twenty eleven Cup run. But uh, yeah, yep. uh, de- uh, starting off the playoffs hot and then fit and then completely fizzling out definitely sounds like a a problem the Bruins have as well. Yeah, yeah. and. The, the thing that I that I find even crazier about this is, I mean, obviously Edmund, Edmonton is freaking panicking. I mean, if you saw what they gave up for for Duncan Keith, a 37-year-old absolutely washed defenseman, it's absurd. Yeah, you know, like how they it's send a fucking absurd. Darnell Nurse for eight years at $74 million? And, and the fact that, and the fact that Ch- the Chicago is not retaining any salary is beyond me. Like Edmonton is just cause, so because the problem the problem with Canadian teams and you'll see this more with Winnipeg because Winnipeg uh, and, and you see this more with Winnipeg because Winnipeg's also a smaller market but teams in like the southern U.S. Florida have a much easier time and, and much like Florida and Vegas and uh, Dallas and whatnot they have a much easier time getting players through free agency. Because one of the things they can negotiate in is like, oh, Florida, we have no state tax. It's beautiful. You get to keep more of the money that you're going to sign for. You're not going to lose it to taxes. With, with, with Canada, that's going to happen. And also, you have the added fact that it's fucking cold. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, who would not be wanted, wanting to make seven figures and play in hockey in Florida? Who doesn't want to do that? That's I mean, that's. That sounds like that sounds awesome. Now, when you, now when you make it Arizona, now when you make it Arizona, that's when you that's when you run into a snag because no one wants to play hockey in Arizona. That's yeah. yeah. Well, it, 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 I'm not gonna lie; it's kind of amazing that they're still a team. It's kind of amazing that they haven't moved to Houston yet. Oh, it's gonna happen. It's funny, it's, it's like like. Like you know, they're losing money, but there's gonna be a t- there's gonna be a breaking point. You know there is gonna be, and they're gonna move to Houston. And people are mad because they want them to move to Quebec City, but Quebec is in the East, so that's not gonna happen. Quebec what? isn't gonna get a team for a long time because the only way they will is if it's an Eastern Conference team relocating. I'm yeah. honestly kind of surprised that is that the breaking point wasn't Cheka. Yeah, I know. But like, I feel like if yes, Arizona to Houston, then I think they're going to be called the Houston Rockets. You could go with that, or I mean, if they were. That's, like, that's a shout right there. You know that. You could do that, yeah. You could. Because, I mean, you could also do the. Uh, they also had the Houston Arrows, if you remembered, in the uh, American Hockey League. Yeah. I'm not sure if they just pull it straight from there, but. I don't know. I remember. I remember. I remember like seeing Moose games against them. They were good, hmm. at least for a few years. I don't know. Obviously, the team didn't do do good enough to keep them around. But you know. But um, what I, what I was actually going to get into was I, I wanted to I wanted to talk about some of these absurd defenseman contracts being signed this offseason. There's been like yeah, there's been like yeah, Seth Jones. This is your fault. This is your <laughs> fault when before everyone else. You decided to sign for nine and a half million dollars. Seth Jones, on the worst year of his career, he deserves seven million. Because seven that's million. A, because that's a uh, because that's definitely a uh, uh, a 
uh, a proper response to uh, all of the allegations going around in, uh, with the Blackhawks. Yeah, and Chicago's like, oh yeah, we're going to do a rebuild. They get all these prospects. It's looking great. It's looking great. It's looking fantastic. What are we going to do? We're going to sign. We're going to get Flurry for like $8 million when we don't need a starter. Great job. We're going to sign Seth Jones to ten, like to $9.5 million. I'm sorry. No defenseman is worth $10 million. No defenseman. Drew and Drew Doughty, you ruined this for everyone. They you killed- and you and broken foot Carlson in San Jose, who's never been the same since he broke his foot. They yeah. ruined the market. They ruined the market. Exactly. And and it ruined the market, and the salary cap's not going to be going up for a bit. So this is really going to hit teams. And I mean, and, and I sorry. There's the only one, the only deal. That was like nine million for defensemen. That I actually can somewhat justify is the Kale McCarr one. I was That's about to say Kale McCarr. Uh, I saw McCarr play in uh, at a at UMAT. Uh, so my sister took me to it uh, to a few games, but games and he was fantastic. And he's been in just the same in Colorado. He's uh, that kid is going to be one of the best defensemen in the league. Uh, yeah, well, the Kale McCarr from, also from Amherst, if I'm not mistaken. Huh? Taylor McCarr, his brother. I'm not sure if he's, he's even gotten a chance to play with with Amherst yet. I don't know. But, but um, uh, we got uh, other things like Kirill Kaprizov. We need to talk about for a second because this is one of the shocker of the fucking week. The, the the amount that CSKA in in Russia is throwing at this guy is absolutely absurd. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy, like, when you boil it down... Oh, I'm not like, surprised. Yeah, like, because look at it. Their, their salary cap over in the KHL is 12 million USD or, or in Russian rubles, 900 million. Where the but fuck here's are they the getting thing. money from? Here's the thing, though. CSK Russia is the only team in the league that can exceed that cap. You probably don't know that. Wait, Why? Because it's Putin. Because it's Putin's favorite team. <laughs> wow, that's. I'm not. I'm not oh, even kidding. God. I'm not even kidding. He literally. They've literally signed insane deals for guys like Pavel Datsik and whatnot, and they let the salary cap go above it because it's its favorite team. If, and it's funny because they'll have him play like a game every year, and you'll see him on the ice. And you'll be like, "Wow, this guy's terrible." But I am not taking the fucking buck off his stick. No, thank you. I am not dealing with this. <laughs> we are not going to. Uh, we are not. Uh, we are surrendering everything. To, I, I'm sorry. Uh, to I flat. don't want to be. I. I do not want to be exiled in Siberia. I'm not going to be taking the puck off his stick today. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. They said. They would, because basically as a deal with CSKA where if he doesn't sign with Minnesota, he gets yeah, a one-year deal with eight figures. That's a minimum of 10 million U.S. dollars. At a minimum. I don't even know what the real number is. All we know is, is know that either. it's in there. That's, that's just, just, insane. It's only one year, though, so really they can probably afford it. This is... Uh, although here's an interesting question: Where does this leave Joel Eriksson Eck? He uh, he's down for Issei. He just lost, uh, and he just lost one of his 
his best line mates in, in Kaprizov. Uh, yeah, how is this gonna affect too. Well, well, he might he might lose. They have they have till September first to sign uh, Kaprizov. Now, yeah. one thing I will say though is, in terms of Kaprizov, this is a if you're trying to get more money from your team, this is a great move because, like, yeah. in terms of like as opposed to like Pelix agent who just lets the oh, Islanders God. get him at a dirt cheap <laughs> fucking price. This, this is a great move because now. Because Minnesota, they know they have to re-sign him no matter what. Right. And and Minnesota wants to put him on a bridge deal, wait for him to have a slightly off year, then sign him long-term for cheap. That's what yep. they want to do. Unlike Edmonton, who's like, wow, he had a career year? Let's give him $9 million. Screw Adam Larson. We need this, this washed-up uh, hag who's, uh, who's got nothing left in the tank and – Oh, I was I wasn't even talking about Keith. I was talking about Darnell Nurse. <laughs> they signed him for nine point yeah, three five mil, which is, which is which is which is what? 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 I don't I don't honestly get it. And the and the worst one and and the worst one in terms of like the most money that someone's making is Warensky, who saw his buddy and Seth Jones get nine and a half, and he was like, Well, I gotta get a little more than that. I gotta fucking one up him. So that's what he did. <laughs> I mean, at yeah. least Wierenski is worth it more no, than, than Jones. I mean, I mean, the only one who's actually worth it is Makar, but he is worth yeah. it more than – he is better than Jones. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. Nurse, Nurse did quite well in the playoffs. However, the reason he was burnt out so much is because he was the only guy playing. He played over, like, I, I think he had over an hour of ice time in that triple OT loss to Winnipeg. In game three, oh over an hour God. in ice time, over an hour in ice time, he's constantly on there until they eventually get scored on. He then flies home, and then his wife, and then they, and then they have a child. They, his wife, his wife was, uh, his wife gave birth to their child the second he got back. Yeah. So, well, quite, quite, quite a, yeah, quite a, quite a night for him. My goodness. Yeah, as well as Adam Pellick getting that fucking extension too. Jesus. Oh my god. Eight years, years forty six. Lou Lamorello, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> great contract. What a that, great contract. Actually, I, oh my god. Okay. Continue. No, continue. Continue. I'll, I'll mention I this was, after. I was gonna say I uh, I do oh, like these uh, uh I do uh, I do kind of like uh, these long term. Uh, these is like eight eight years, five of a year or contracts that uh, teams yep. seem to be signing a lot because uh, uh, they're giving it, they're being given out to the right players like uh, like yes. Pelic, and they're yep uh, they lock them up long term um, for it's a very team friendly contract while uh, still giving yep. the players there's a decent yeah. amount of money. You'll you'll never believe who Winnipeg signed to a deal like that, and he still signed under this type of deal. Oh, Mark Shifley. We're paying him like six mil. Wow. Yeah, he he intentionally took a team friendly deal because that's the kind of guy Shifley is. And I know people are so mad at Shifley for all the like the shit with that Jake Evans hit. No, like, no, there were people that took it way too fucking far. Oh, way too far. And I don't even understand. Like Mark Shifley in that hit got more hate than Tom Willis. And Nazem Kadri. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? 
it's a it's a first offense. The very first offense. Okay, he this guy his record is clean, clean as possible before him. He makes one hit where where it technically is not an illegal hit. Technically, now it is not a hit that needs to happen, and I want to make sure I'm very clear about this. It is a hit that does not. It's not necessary. He could have avoided it. However, if you look at the way he approaches the hit and the way he makes the hit, it's technically legal, shoulder to chest. He glides for a few seconds before impact. And you can't say that he was lining him up from the blue line because the players were skating the same fucking direction for the first 30, like for the first like 90% of that. So, and it, it, it was just a hit that didn't need to happen. And I think the four game suspension, what, the reason it was four games was because of two things. Number one, Evans was injured. So that was one of the reasons. Yeah, when number two, in a play like that, yeah, dude's got, dude's got a. Because think of it this way if Evans gets up after that, absolutely nothing happens. Nothing happens if Evans yep. gets up. Oh, yeah. However, doesn't get up. And then what makes this even worse is the amount of online backlash that this gets. Oh. And I guarantee you that's another reason why they made it four games. Because four games given out to a first offense is kind of absurd if you think about it. Yeah. Especially for a hit that technically does not break any rules. It's on that, it's on that fine line where it's legal, but it probably shouldn't have happened. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so Shifley is no Tom Wilson, Shifley's no uh Nazim Kadri, Shifley's no Nikita Kucherov. Uh, this yeah, it, that was way too much of a uh, that was a freaking out of line suspension for uh, uh, the, uh, for something that was honestly. Legal. I I think if you're gonna give him something, I, I'm okay a with a fine or a one game suspension. I was about to one, say one game, two at most. Yeah, absolute most. But four, I just don't see it. Like it, yeah. it's one thing if he popped an elbow up. It'd be something if he hit him higher in the head. It'd be something. It'd be something if if yeah. he did something else on that hit that he really shouldn't have, or if he kept skating like he like he didn't glide before he made contact. That's another thing, but it just, I I just don't see it. Yeah, and I'm trying. And I promise you, I'm trying to be unbiased. I promise. <laughs> you. It's all right. So in yep. terms of other defensive signings, Vince Dunn re-signed with Seattle two years at eight mil. Eight what? mil? Uh, eight, you, no, eight oh. mil total. Or we're going totals. Sorry, I thought you were talking average. I was no god, that'd be insane. That'd be a weird uh, contract. Uh, like two. <laughs> years, I was about to say eight million lo- a year for just two years. I mean, I love Vince Dunn, but uh, I wouldn't be throwing eight mil at him. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that that's that's a good deal. I like that. That's, yeah, yeah great, great signing. Yeah, as another Seattle signing, um, Marcus Johansson, one yep. year, one point five. Okay, yeah, sure, I do. No, yeah. Why not? I mean, I guess you can use like journeyman. Like, um, it's funny. It's funny. You want to know one signing that I'm blown away by? Philadelphia what? signing Keith Yandel to nine hundred thousand. Yeah, nine hundred. Like I know he's old. That's it. I mean, I you could be given. You could be given this. I could. I'm not gonna lie. I think you you could be given this guy two two and a half mil. I also for one year for one year. 
Carl, I've seen worse signings. And I've seen oh, Mark, I know. I see Marner get signed for six years at 10.893 per. I'm saying the Keith Yandel signing is great. I feel like uh, I feel like yet uh, I feel like you should be giving Yandel oh, oh, more based entirely because he is of the fact that uh, unlike most of the most uh, of the uh, unlike most of the signings from 2016 in that aren't Stamkos, Grabner, or or Marcia, so oh oh he didn't completely uh, shit the uh, shit the bed when he got signed. Yes. That, yeah, he uh, didn't. That draft class, that that free agency yeah. class is. What do you guys think about the Philadelphia Flyers making a lot? Of, it really looks like they're making a push. They made. I mean, obviously, they trade away Nolan Patrick, acquiring Ryan Ellis. Um, they they moved Voracek for Atkinson, I which I also the trade was um, Myers, Myers, Philip Myers. Uh, oh, yes, they trade away Philip Myers and as well. You, and you trade Shane Gossespair to um, Arizona. But you I'm not going to lie. Premium package for Rasmus for Solian. Yeah, they over, yeah, they overpaid for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they yeah, overpaid big time. Nope. nope. Buffalo, did I, their, on, Buffalo did get their comeuppance for the lowly return they got for Reinhardt, though. Fuck yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I can't say fuck Buffalo. I honestly feel so bad for those people. They don't, they go through so much shit with the Sabres. Like, okay, at least think of it this way. It's not like Arizona or Florida where, like, the fans stop showing up. They still have fans go to their games. Yeah, the attendance is not the worst thing in the world, and they have to suffer through this utter bullshit of a franchise. Yeah. No, I they don't deserve the fans deserve they deserve better. Can we put they can did. we just kick the kick the Pigulas out of uh, out of ownership of both the uh, the Sabers and the Bills? Just they, they, they get just them figure it out. out of. Yeah, it's just, they can't figure it out. And Buffalo yeah. is about to start another rebuild after ten seasons with not a single fucking playoff. Experience. Poor Jack Eichel. Good God. Him, please. If they want surgery, you let him get surgery. You don't hold him back. You really think that's going to make him like you? And then when he publicly goes out and says, I don't like these guys, get me the fuck out of here. Now it's like, well, great. We've just lost all of our negotiation power. And it's nobody's fault except Buffalo's management. They have mismanaged. They've gotten so much talent through that draft. Yep. And they have mismanaged it in every step of the way, every way possible. And it is all falling in their face. Owen Power, you are about to learn of the suffering. I hope Dylan Cousins turns out uh, decent for them. I hope so, too. Oh, I, I, hope so. Like I do also oh, find it fun. I do also find it funny how Buffalo has had a, a more recent playoff series win and then the uh, than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. About as many. About as many, yeah. This uh, this team that's just constantly mired in, in mediocrity. Well, speaking in of the mediocrity. Leafs, the Amazon docuseries All or Nothing featuring the Leafs is set to debut on So Mark nothing. So nothing. That's that, that should be, they should just change the title to just nothing. 
All or nothing. Once you win a playoff series, you can have yourself that title, but you haven't done it yet. I know. You haven't done it yet when it is handed to you. The Leafs might win the Stanley Cup this year. They look absolutely great. They're top of the North Division. They might really do something this year. Until Montreal. I knew it wasn't going to fucking happen. I even knew that Montreal, was going to fucking happen. Montreal just freaking slapped them right in the, across the face. Somehow they end up in the Stanley Cup final. This what is starting the hell? to sound like a Steve Dangle video. <laughs> yes. I know. I get very emotional about these things. Yeah. And it's but funny. You think, if, you think I, if you think I get emotional about this, oh, boy. You have not seen a video of my brother. <laughs> oh, man. God. My, my sister is just. No, no, no. I think Tanner knows. I think yes, Tanner knows. Yes, you this. Yes, he, we have. He's broken we have, we have plungers. We, yes, yes. This one right here. It's 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 a plunger that's duct taped together. Basically, we brought out a plunger when we played Montreal and lost seven one, and uh, we played like shit. So we used the only thing that combats shit when there's too much of it, which is a plunger, and we've just kind of had it around ever since. And, okay, uh, that's pretty funny. Yes, yes, and it's funny. This is not even the first one. This is the original plunger. <laughs> and, and guess what? You More see than... that? He broke it. It's a rusty, old, broken plunger. Oh, my God. It's been absolutely destroyed. The Jets were on its, like a, a big losing streak this season, and they finally won a game on his birthday. And this was my birthday present to him, and he already broke it. <laughs> Literally, it's he. It's funny because the great now the great thing about this is that it's all on footage. So I don't know if you know this, but we have our Jets game reaction series. We go and we watch every single game and we review it. It's very similar to Steve Dangle's LFR, except we are not limited by the thing that is PG. It's not. Thank no, God. It's not a thing. It's Thank not God. a thing. It's, it's PG fourteen. <laughs> It's PG-14, and uh, we, we, what we do is we also record ourselves watching the game, so we'll have clips from when we were watching our reactions of, like, specific events in the game, which is nuts on some games. And there was one game where I think he slammed this end on the ground, and you could just see the top half of the plunger just go straight up and hit the ceiling. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that the top half of the plunger didn't hit the freaking TV. Oh yeah, yeah. We could have, we could have had serious oh problems. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we gotta get to the other science quickly because, like, yeah, we're, we're yeah. Enjoying it, so, so in terms of we're science, having quickly. fun with this, Tanner. We're I know. <laughs> I know. Speaking of um, Buffalo Thomas Tatar, and... two years, nine million with New Jersey. I'm all New Jersey made a few signings. They even signed <laughs> Jonathan Bernier, who Carolina traded a. Traded a third round pick. They traded no, sorry. Bird on They trade Nedelkovic for a third rounder and Bernie, and then they don't even re-sign Bernie. Why the hell did they did they trade Nedelkovic in the first place? Because Iserman is a genius. He has the Iser plan, and he's getting honestly Detroit in terms of their prospects. They're in great shape. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are yeah, in. And, and then also, Chicago giving up Pia Suter for nothing. And then Detroit's like, we'll take him. Of course <laughs> they would. 
Because yeah. why did Chicago give him up in the first place? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's almost like the Bruins getting rid of Nick Rich and Andre Cash and they were Zach Senesh. Yep. And also, and then you Don't also remind see me the, of 2015. <laughs> and then yeah. you also see the also see the Red Wings bolster their their like their back end, their defense with like Letty, and then they also re-sign Mark Stahl. And then you can you can really start to see the veterans that they're putting in there to really like to really develop their youth in the system. So I'm pretty sure that either Mark Stahl or Nick or uh, Nick Letty is going to be playing with uh, with uh, Cider next year. Mert Cider. Yeah, Mert Cider. Yeah. Yeah, Cider Cider. I'm not sure. Tanner, whenever he wants to make me angry, brings up the 2015 in NHL draft, and I, I still think. Why didn't we just trade all three first round picks to try what, and move wait, up into the top what, five at the very least? What 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 uh what team are you a fan of? Bruins. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. It it also doesn't help that we uh, that in that draft we traded a fifth round pick to Minnesota for a fifth round pick in 2016. You know what that pick turned into? K- Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah, oh, we traded. Yeah. Yeah, that's Dude. an inside joke. I'm not even. I'm not even mostly mad about uh, losing out on in Barzell. I I do not like Matt Barzell mostly because it's just he's he's annoying to play against. I would have I would have rather we tra- we drafted. However, connecting players that are annoying to play against, you'd love if they were on your team. Yeah, I I will yeah, say that. I've had, yeah, I've had. Yeah, I know. I root for. Yeah, I know. I I too like watching. In Brad Marchand. Hey, Brad Mar. You know what I will say? Brad Marchand has cleaned up his act quite a bit. Yeah. Because right nowadays you're not hearing about him. You're not oh, hearing about him about licking. Him. And here's you're not hearing about him licking guys. You're not hearing about him sticking them in the nuts. You're not hearing about all this nonchalant bullshit anymore. You know what you are hearing? Like you're hearing all the stuff with Wilson, and you're hearing the stuff with Kadri. And Kucherov. It's funny. It's funny because um, uh, the other day we also had a urinating tree on our podcast. Thank oh, you, nice. Tanner. Yeah, I helped Thank- set that up. T- yes, yeah, Tanner, Tanner helped me set that up. Thank you. And um, and he was saying that the Rangers, now with them trading for Ryan Reeves, uh, they have decided that they need more grit. And here is yep. why. Tom Wilson destroyed that this, franchise. This right, this right here is the reason why. Tom Wilson destroyed that franchise. Let's look at every. Let's take. Let's take a look at everything the Rangers lost. They lost. They lost. Okay, so first off, Panarin is out. Okay, yeah. and then they're like, "Well, we're gonna write a mad letter about this because we can't. We don't agree with this." Which I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Them saying like, "Oh, we've lost confidence in the ability to do his job." I'm like, "Yeah, I wonder what's gonna happen." Sure enough, half a million dollar fines to the organization. Sell the absolutely, team, Dolan. Absolutely, no surprise. And then, and then, oh yeah, their president and GM are now fired. Yeah, and uh, but I will say though, Drury did give Shesterkin a nice contract. Yes. Shesterkin, yeah. four years, twenty-two point six. I, I, the amount of people I'm, um, it's funny. I've seen so many people say this is an overpay, and I'm like, have you ever watched him play? Have you ever watched Shesterkin play? 
Shesterkin, I feel like, know? is definitely worth that. <laughs> For sure. And, and it's funny because I think he's worth it on the fringe end of it now, but that contract is going to look better as time goes on, unlike these $9 million for a defenseman. Right. <laughs> Carter Hart got a nice extension too. I saw like a three years, eleven point nine. Can he actually yeah. stop something? Yeah, you got. Well, I, I mean, they better hope so because Philly is banking with everything that they have that he's going to be the guy who's going to bring them there. So yeah, and, and Hill got a nice deal with San Jose as well. Two years, four point three five. That's a nice fucking yep. little deal there. Because okay, he's still an up and coming prospect, so he needs some time to gel. He's not like. I still hate the fucking notes for trading for Coronar and a seventh rounder. I do, I do kind of like the Aston Reese is resigning. And I feel like he can and be a decent replacement for Tanev there. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, as a guy who had Tanev on, I love Tanev. Tanev yeah. is awesome. Tanev, the thing that I love about Tanev so much is Tanov is a player that really creates his own momentum. Yeah. If everyone else is just kind of slow and dragging it, he'll go out there. He'll fucking skate his ass into that corner. He'll start grinding. He'll get that puck. And he'll kind of – he'll get a team going. He'll, he'll get the – he'll be the first guy to get the momentum going. And that's yeah. so important for teams to have. And I, I think Seattle's going to love him. I, I love the player. I don't like – I don't like his contract. I think when Pittsburgh signed it, I, I understood why Winnipeg got rid of him and they didn't keep him. It's because they couldn't. It was just too much. He was, ask, he was asking for more than we could give. And um, so we let him go, which is not ideal. But, I, I mean, like, I, Seattle's – they're going to like him. They're going to like him. I just, I'm going to love watching Seattle, especially since that's yes. sort of where I want to live. Yeah. One, now, one thing that I don't understand – is them signing Grubauer. Not because Grubauer is not a great goalie, but it seemed like they had this setup where it seemed like Chris Drieger was going to be kind of the guy. He was going to be the next guy, and he's going to be the guy that's going to develop. He's going to be in, in, in Seattle and really become their starting goaltender. But now that Grubauer's there, I see it more like a 50-50 sort of thing. Almost like when... Um, when uh, Vegas first got uh, – when they first got uh, Robin Leonard. Leonard. Oh, Leonard. When they first got Robin Le- – well, when they first got – well, I'm saying when they first got Leonard because they also had Flurry, And yeah. they were, like, similarly yeah. skilled, so they kind of had it as a 1A, 1B sort of thing at the time. And very similar as well to when Detroit had uh, Jimmy Howard and Peter Morazic, where it was like, oh, yeah, put Morazic in. He'll play great. He'll play great. And then he'll fall apart and you put Howard in. And then you hope for Peter Morazic to get happy and get better. And then all the, and then you'll put him in, you know, when he decides not to fucking fall apart in that. So, you know, I, I almost thought that eh, they were going to be rolling with, eh, with Drieger and Vanacek. I, eh, I feel like Vanacek is, yeah. is a pretty good young goalie. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to lie. I think, I think Washington made a smart move here because basically what they did was they lost Vanacek for nothing. Yep. Then they, they lost a second round uh, pick. Uh, to get him back, but then they gained two second round picks from Winnipeg in the Brendan Dillon deal. Which, by the way, I like that deal for both teams. I think that I think that works great for Washington and great for Winnipeg for what both teams yeah. need. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying one wins over the other, but right. then so Washington at the end of the day, the 
did was they lost Brendan Dillon and they gained a second round pick for him. Yeah, and, it, That's and they not also bad resigned Samsonov. Yep, and they re- yeah. Yeah, Samsonov uh, needed a contract, and I'm glad they got it done. And we heard today that it looks like Lundqvist is doing pretty good, so it looks like he'll probably play. I yeah. hope so. I I want at He's least yeah, want to raise the cup one time. Just I one know. fucking time. It's not gonna happen. I wish it will, but it's I, I've I, I've accepted it as mu- as much as I don't like it. I have accepted it. Yeah, yeah it's that's a sorry. Um, the NHL salary cap is going to be rising to eighty two point five million for the twenty two twenty three season, marking the first increase, you know, since the whole COVID bullshit. All right, yeah. a one a one million dollar yeah. increase. Yeah, yeah, it's funny because Toronto basically when they made their team, when they when they were signing all these guys, they made those signings with the assumption that the, that the cap would just keep rising as it normally would. Oh, but I then know. They, yeah. Well, you know, COVID. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's and, and I and I don't mean this in any offense, but that's not a good strategy. No, because I know if it's you're, not. Oh, I know if, it's if not. you're just if you're just banking on the NHL deciding you get to spend more money. And you're putting forty million dollars into four players. You really need to think, <laughs> or thirty million into four players, or whatever it is. It's it's something insane like that. Then then you really need to kind of rethink your strategy. And I, it's funny because Toronto, I don't know what they do. They've had everything. They have, I mean, like they've had they've had gr- they've had great top tier talent, great depth, decent defense, gr- great goaltending. But it's just never been enough come playoffs. Hell, I'm they just, still trying to figure out what the fuck kind of cocaine Dubas is snorting. I don't know, man. It's one of those things where they if if they if they get another first round exit, they're gonna fucking they're gonna panic. They're gonna lose oh, their shit. Yeah. They're, they're gonna, gonna get, panic. Oh, yeah, I know. And, and someone and someone's head is gonna get chopped off. Oh no, it is. no not just one. Not just one. Multiple. I wonder. I wonder how long until the uh, until the fan base starts to uh, turn on that first line. I want. Uh, oh, they were burning Marner jerseys after the series of Montreal. I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised, but is but of, uh, but yeah. I wonder if if all this is gonna make them uh, need to say screw it, let's go, uh, rebuild. Goodbye, uh, Marner, Matthews, Tavares, everyone. Dobby. I don't know because it, it's funny. The the one that I actually see them get like there's two guys that I can see them getting rid of in, eventually. I don't think they get rid of Matthews. At least if they I were, don't I so don't either. think I don't think he's the first one to go. I think they're trying to build it around him. I could see them getting rid of Marner or Tavares though. I could also yeah, see them yeah, maybe getting rid of Morgan Riley. Damn what I got the retain salary on on. Uh, they. They better not get rid of Morgan Riley. Yeah. <laughs> like, like do, do they, if they get rid of Morgan Riley, they're doing their best impression of the Edmonton Oilers defense. Like, yeah. Like yeah. that I if they if they get rid of Riley, that that that's so unbelievably dumbfounded. You know what blows my mind? Morgan Riley was drafted the same year as Nail Yakapal. <laughs> Nail Yakupov. Well, and that oh. definitely was a nail in the coffin for uh, for Edmonton, wasn't it? 
Yeah, well, it's funny because I mean, I, I was I was watching a thing of Brian Burke talking about how they'd never picked Yakupov, and he's like, "Man, did you see that guy's interview? It was the worst interview I'd ever seen." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go watch this interview." And I go watch the interview. The guy doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing. He's just like, he's like, "Oh, yeah, it feels it feels great to be here." Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like what? And he, and he has like, like it's, it's he's uh, Yakupov. There's so many red flags and. I, I don't know why they drafted him. I don't know when a player has so many red flags, why you draft him. Arizona, <laughs> why did you draft Mitchell Miller? Montreal, you why finally- Why did you draft like, Logan Mayo? Logan Mayo. Like, and, and I'm going to put it this way. I'm not going to lie. As much as Logan Mayo, he did that thing and it was immature, it was stupid. I, there's two things. Number one, he went and he preemptively apologized about it. And he said, don't draft me. He said that. And it, it, I was like, great. It seems like the guy, because it, it was an immaturity thing, the thing he did. So yeah. it, it, it was like, great. He made the mature decision and hopefully this gets better. And then all this bad publicity came out about him when Montreal picked him. That's not his fault. He, no, no. he said, do not draft me. That's 100% on Montreal. Oh, I now, I, I, know, I know Montreal is saying like they're going to work with him, hopefully get this and that done and all, all we can do now is hope that that, that goes through. But yeah. I, the big thing is, like, I don't, I don't understand why, like, if you need to make an apology about a player the second after you drafted him, you probably you shouldn't have. You, shouldn't you probably have. shouldn't. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have drafted him, especially when you look at a guy like um, – What's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? GM of Montreal, uh, Bergevin, Bergevin, right? Mark Bergevin? Yeah, Mark Bergevin. Bergevin. And um, a guy who was on the hot seat for, lo- like, like you know, like, he traded away Domi for Anderson. Who the fuck is he? And then, <laughs> and then. And then Domi fell apart. On, and, then, and then you hear about, and, the, and then it, it looked, because it, at first, I think everyone was criticizing him for that deal. Because, like, the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Like one for one, that's it. And then all of a sudden, Montreal starts doing well. This guy was about to lose his job. Montreal made up one on a playoff run, which saved his job. And then he and then he makes years. this pick. And now he's back on the hot seat. Now he's back on the hot seat. Like, I don't know if we want to keep this guy around. He's really making some questionable decisions for our franchise. Like, it's funny. The second I heard that, I'm like, okay, now we know where Tony D'Angelo's going. Like yeah except carolina wants to like carolina has arguably one of the has one of the best locker rooms it seems like in the nhl with the way they're able to connect with the way they're able to connect with their fans and then with with the way that they also have Ah, (laughs) with them re-signing jordan martinuk also love that great fantastic awesome and they signed the hockey version of Josh Jacobs. No, Jocelyn, not the one in Mac from Vegas. And then they decide to get the camps, the the locker room cancer that is Tony D'Angelo. I just uh, how long until he punches Anders and Aranta in the face? Uh, I give it, uh, I give it halfway through the uh, four half- days. Yeah, fair. Fair four days. Four days. Four days. Yeah, and speaking of, and going back to the Jets, um, Dubois is shaking his jersey number from 13 to 80 to honor Matisse Kivlenix. 
that's honorable. There's absolutely no complaints anyone can make about that. Agreed. If there is, don't, then they have a fucking problem. But there are complaints I can and make about the Bruins drafting Fabian Light in cell when and and honestly I feel like our biggest need was is defense. But I mean we we signed Fabian Lysel to a an entry level contract for years. Just it's under funny. It's it's though. funny because a lot of a lot of Winnipeg fans were frustrated that Winnipeg didn't draft the defense because of how bad our defense was. However, I feel like a lot of those fans did not realize that we actually have a lot of defensive prospects. They're in the system now. We already have them in the system, and they're coming up like Billy Hainola, which, by the way, I am a little bit concerned. Now that we, we, we re-signed Stanley, which is good. Um, Tucker Pullman. But I want – Hainola needs to play. I like, feel this – He's been developing and developing and developing, but he needs no, to play. No, needs plays, to play. If anything, that's the line needs to and will play though, because we lost Perot and and we lost like Trevor Lewis on our fourth line. There's openings for him. Yeah, you know, you're gonna see. We're gonna. We're I gonna honestly feel the yet. same about the uh, about the Bruins and Earl Vakaninen, and that dude's been uh, developing in the uh, system for um, for a few years, and uh, and I feel really like I, really I, feel I feel like it's I feel like if if our defense is gonna uh, continue to the to be this shaky where, where really we don't have a true uh, uh, top-level defenseman to pair with uh, McAvoy. Uh, like, don't get me wrong. I love McAvoy. You like, guys signed up agency with Derek Forbert. If I'm, uh, I yeah, do what like – What the hell were you guys thinking? Okay, Forbert <laughs> okay, at the start of the season was, like, on God mode. The guy was practically a second goalie. He was blocking like insane shots. It's crazy. But then he gets in one fight with Qlander on Vancouver. Big mistake. You don't fight a rookie when you're a veteran. Just doesn't look good. Uh, and then, yeah, he got his fucking shit kicked. And then he was never the same for the rest of the season. I'll tell you what and he happened. Just never... Sweeney. Don Sweeney is why we... Uh... Yeah. I do not like Don Sweeney. I think he needs to be. Even I think he needs to be fired. I need. I think he needs to be fired two years ago. Sweeney, is that, is that, is that, your, is that your guys' GM? Is that your guys yeah, GM? That, that's their GM. Yeah. Okay. And I think Sweeney should be the general manager of a team Canada in the uh, Beijing in the Winter Olympics. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I. 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 I, I do. I do love uh, Chevy as our as our GM. Chevy is a good GM. He, know, he knows what the I hell he's doing. Cassidy, your head coach, is going to be the uh, one, I think one of the assistant coaches for I, Team Canada in the in the Olympics. I think of, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, in Bruce Cassidy is going to be either one of the. Ass- oh wait, you did? I thought. It, yeah, I, I, I heard. That. I thought it was for Team I, America. I heard that. Uh, I heard that. What you call? I heard that John Cooper was going to be the head coach, and then yes, I heard that John Barry Trotz is going to. And then I heard Barry Trotz is going to be the assistant. I'm like, really? You're making Barry Trotz the assistant? Barry Trotz should be the head coach. To be fair, Cooper it's won enti- the second of Cubs. Yeah. Yes. A, Did you look, co- look at the team? Okay, both teams. C- Barry C- Trotz. Over the and okay. <laughs> I look at the team the Islanders have and look at the team the Tampa Bay Lightning have, 
And Barry Trotz has taken, and both teams have went to, at the very least, the conference final of the past two consecutive years. Sure, Tampa won the Stanley Cup, but look at the roster. Barry Trotz is the best coach in the National Hockey League. Agreed. Period. Agreed. Uh, period. He took a he took a, a group of uh, players that are great, but not Tampa level. Oh, God mode. Uh, he took. Ends. He took a team mourning the loss of their captain and screaming about it, and he made them not just better. He made them one of the best defensive systems in the league. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And the and and the, the the success that they have, I'm like, okay, the Islanders have a lot of good players, but I'm gonna put it this way: you take Barry Trotz out of the equation, this doesn't happen. Agreed. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. If not Trump even close. Comes to Long Island, I don't even know. Never comes to Long Island, they'd be fucked. I don't even know if they make the playoffs without Trotz. Like They're probably so mid- never oh, around. Oh, hell, if Trotz never makes it to Long Island, who knows? We could be seeing Islanders in a very deep rebuild right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I uh, without Trotz, I could see them potentially have uh, been trading Barzell. Oh, Barzell, Dobson, Wallstrom. Pelic. <clears throat> oh, don't trade away Pelic after that signing. Oh, no, no. No, no like this is a, <clears throat> like hypothetical uh, oh, if, okay. if Trotz wasn't uh, yeah. the head coach. But wait, yeah. so you, I understand you put something in the agenda, Josh, about the Bruins fans wanting Christian Dvorak? Yeah. Uh, I, I have to elaborate on this one. I, uh, I, th- I thought I had heard heard a little bit about uh, the Bruins wanting uh, to uh, to make a move for uh, to sign Christian Dvorak, uh, but also we have like we have just over a million dollar in, uh, in cap, so uh, so the Bruins are gonna have to get creative with that one, or you know, not uh, or you know, uh, like tr- uh, like I don't know, trade a uh, trade pieces for is uh, that. Uh, Trade someone like Carlo, who, uh, who I don't know why we signed to that uh, extension. I would have, uh, I mean, I don't think Carlo is is complete dog water, but he's, uh, but it, I'm not sure if he's worth uh, six years or four million in a year. Yep. Yeah, that's damn true. But uh, yeah, so Winnipeg right now is signing. Looking... I'm just the last big signing. Jakub yep. Vrana. Avoiding arbitration with oh, Detroit, three years, fifteen point seven five. I would have loved oh, it. Oh yes, not bad. Yeah, I do like no, Rana. I like that. It's fine. That's fine. Yeah, and honestly, oh. it's funny because I, I wasn't sure if he was going to resign because when 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 they when Detroit made that disgusting deal, get it with it where they got rid of Mantha for the King's ransom, where they were able to get. Uh, Jacob Brana, they got oh, what's his name? They eventually, who did they get? They got they got someone. They got panic. Panic. Yes, they got panic. Who they eventually traded away? I can't remember who they traded him to though. Um, but then they got a first Um, and a second. Let me have a look. Mantha for Mantha for for Brana and Panic is equal as is. That's not even with the first and second. A first. Second rounder and Detroit was really smart about this because they got 
tons of first and second rounders. And basically, Iserman knew exactly who he wanted. So what he did was a few times he decided to trade away some of those extra picks that he had stockpiled in order to move up and get the guy he wanted. Oh, and no, I mean, oh, and no, it's funny because people are people, people are people were like, so I think it was like, what's his name? Kamas, the goalie that they drafted. Something like that. Um, like Kamas. Oh, Casa? Uh, oh, yeah, Casa. And people were like, why the hell are they selecting him? He did, like, you know, he might he might not turn anything into anything. I'm like, yeah, the only good the, the last time Iserman selected a goalie, he only turned out to be Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I did find that Ponic trade for your Carter. It was um Ponic to the Islanders with a second round pick for Letty. Ah, uh, that yeah, that was a Letty trade. That's what it was. Captain. Yeah, that seems fine. Detroit yeah, Detroit can finally, soak up a little bit of that cap for a few years. Yeah. And then finally, some somber news as well. Uh, Hall of Fame goaltender um, Tony Esposito passing away at age 78 after a short battle with pancreatic cancer. Those those battles never last long. Man, cancer cancer is the worst. It takes it takes oh. so many people so soon, man. It takes so many Seriously, people so soon. Like, we need a cure for this. I, I swear to God, I fuck cancer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's very fucking. Yeah. <sighs> yep. I mean, there's not much you really can say, like. <clears throat> yeah, I. Uh, yeah. There's well, not. I mean, much... We'll hockey with um Carter predicting the Jets season. Uh, what do I predict the Jets to do this season? Yeah. Like, how do you think they'll do? Where do you think they'll place? How far do you think they'll go? I really think this could be a really good year because think about it. The Jets, in theory, we shouldn't have any problems because we our forward depth is immense. Yeah. Our defensive depth is now actually good. Um, good, eno- good enough to win a cup. Good enough to win a cup. Like, if you look at, and, and we have and we have, you see that guy like standing next to the Vesna trophy there? That's yeah. our goalie. So we have a former Vezina Trophy winner as our, as our goalie. And the, there's only one area where I'm a tad concerned, and that is our backup. I'm not sure if Comrie's the guy. We've had him in the system for a long time. But who's backing you up in that in, for a hellbuck? Who's, who's that backup? Is it uh, Brassard? It's, it's, it, we, we used to have Brassois, uh, and Brassois was a fantastic backup for a backup goalie he was good um and 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 i don't mean and i and i don't mean like a 1a 1b type of goalie i mean a clear definitive backup a guy you'd never have as a starting goaltender or even in a 50 50 tandem but as a backup goalie that's going to play minimal games however we should have played him more because we kind of had montreal canadian syndrome and what i mean by that was them thinking, oh, yeah, we have Price, so we can only play Price. We need to play him all the time. He gets no rest. You are playing every game. Yeah, that is. Yeah. We had that problem where we overplayed Hellebuck a little bit. Uh, and that's not to say that I don't love Hellebuck and he's not great, but the guy needs a little bit of rest. I think the Bruins had the same problem with Rask. They uh, Rask is, yes. I feel, definitely as a, a goalie that thrives off of uh, off of uh, having like a, a game or two rest every uh, two weeks or so. Oh, and yeah. uh, 
uh, and we just stretched him way too thin. And it's and it's funny because the the only thing I'm a tad concerned about is with our defense getting better. So Connor Hellebuck plays best when he gets a lot of work. And what I mean by this is, if Connor Hellebuck would it, he would rather get like let's say ten shot like five like five to ten shots a period rather than than one to five because when he's sitting there and getting cold but before a guy comes and takes another shot at him it will occasionally it'll screw with him a little bit where as opposed to where he's always moving he just gets in the he just gets in the zone and he just is there and then Vesna Vesna winning goalie plays like Vesna winning goalie um but I, I think the Jets this year my expectation my hope at the I really think we can I really think we can go up on playoff run this year. I really think I, I really want to make it at the very bare minimum second round playoffs. I think uh, I think you guys have a decent shot at it. it, yeah. it but uh, uh but I mean we'll we'll definitely see in a few uh, in a few months and and it's just how well uh, any of our predictions hold up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that'll wrap up for hockey. Carter, thank you for coming on. And be sure to check out his stuff, Nolan Hockey Podcast, Prairie Park Podcast, which I'll be on tomorrow night. Yep, on YouTube. Yep. Which yeah, yeah, you'll be on tomorrow, and I think we'll release it. It's what Wednesday? It's like what Wednesday? We'll yeah, probably yes. release it. We'll probably we'll probably release that on Friday. So uh okay. th- thank you for having me on. Um yep. You guys have a great uh, rest of your day, and I uh, can't wait to see you, Tanner, on tomorrow. Yep, we will do. Take Thanks care. Thanks for coming on, Carter. All right. All right. So, so that was very funny. That was, that, very was, that was fun, and yeah, honestly, I'd I definitely be open to having him back on. Absolutely. But now we must move on from hockey to the NBA. And we don't have a lot for basketball this week, but... Are you forgetting possibly the fact that uh, the Celtics finally have a freaking point guard? <laughs> yes. After, after he turned down a massive contract with LA? Yes, I have renamed myself to Schrodinger's point guard. Uh, point guard. Point? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fine, I will rename myself to Schrodinger. It to Schrodinger's point guard, and end of, uh, yes, the Celtics have uh, decided their best way to, uh, to deal with the absence of Kemba Walker is to uh, sign Dennis Schroeder to one year, uh, $5.9 million. This is definitely a lot better than uh, four years, $120 million. And, and, but of, honestly, yes, I see, point. But, uh, <laughs> Honestly, my uh, my real concern with uh, with Schroeder is that uh, for a point guard, he really doesn't play much like a point guard. He uh, the dude uh, the dude averages like uh, at the very uh, like. Hold on, I was talking with my uh, dad about uh, uh, this is uh, and uh, oh, like uh, he takes a lot of uh, shots. Yeah, uh, he. He, he on uh, as a uh, uh, in his career averages like four 
like 13 point, uh, like 14.3 points per game um, and 4.7 in assists. Like, I feel like that's more uh, associated with like a, uh, with like something like a small forward than it, uh, kind of point guard, if anything. And so I'm just wondering, like with a, uh, with a uh, core that has Brown and Tatum, why uh, this feels like uh, adding a little bit more uh, uh, offense than uh, direct offense than it is is any sort of uh, a big amount of support. But uh, I mean, we'll we'll definitely see. Yeah, as well as um the Nets and Kevin Durant signing that agreed to the four-year $198 million extension because God knows the Brooklyn Nets are made of money. Because when you because when you have a, a league where only five players are allowed on the in the court at once and and, and you can't really do much to and and your starting roster is usually uh, is usually the one that it uh, does the most uh, is the one that does the most for you. So the the stars are gonna uh, shine uh, shine, and they're gonna want it, uh, and they're gonna want to uh, show to everyone that they shine. So they're gonna uh, freaking buy out the entire franchise. <sighs> I know it's. I wish I could explain what the fuck was happening, but yeah, you want to explain what's happening and uh, what happening in, with the Raptors with uh, with that trade acquisition? Because honestly, you oh, just, this one was you it. just put it in as is recent trade acquisition, but didn't say who it was. Um, let me look up the statement again because I know there were people that were pissed about the thing he says like um. <clears throat> I'm not gonna fucking find it. It's a bitch. I think it's on Sportsnet. What did he call the Raptors a poverty franchise or something like that? Oh, right here, right here. Toronto is not my preferred destination. I have higher ambitions. We'll see. From who? Basically, that was him talking about Toronto. Yeah, but uh, they didn't say uh, who it was. Uh, oh, Gorgon Dragic. Gorgon Dragic. Dragic? You know. Honestly, that doesn't really make. Eh, honestly, that's not really too surprising. And then he had the word track on it a day later after all the backlash he got. And he, and here's that statement: I would like to apologize. It didn't come out the right way. I know the fans love their team and they should be proud. It is one of the best organizations in the NBA. They've already <laughs> won a championship and I didn't. So what I said, it really was not appropriate. I love basketball. I love to play, and I'm going to give 100% wherever I play. Right now, I'm with Toronto, and that's my main thing to think about. You know, I shouldn't be laughing too much because I uh, because I joked about in the uh, at the beginning that I have more uh, more empty cans of Barks root beer in my uh, in my room than I do uh, than the Celtics do. So, uh, uh, finals appearances is yeah. over the past ten years. <laughs> but uh. I mean, hey, uh, I mean, hey, the uh, the Raptor, uh, the Raptors are planning on retiring in Kyle Lowry's number. Yeah, like when he retires, um, his number seven will be going into the Raptors. How old is he? Hold on. He's like thirty something, like thirty five, I think. 
Hey. Kyle Lowry is 35. 35, okay. So probably has like what a couple more years left in him. Uh uh yeah, I'd say so. But uh also oh we have uh something that we forgot to, uh, to talk about in the NFL little segment. Saints receiver Michael Thomas has, if I'm not mistaken, officially requested a trade. Oh. Oh. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. I may as well tell us now uh, for the NFL segment as well. So apparently Tom Grassi was at the uh, Packers training camp or some shit, the practices. And apparently... A very small tornado was reported 20 to 25 miles away from Green Bay. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it eventually dissipated, but I just don't know what could have been in that regard. But uh, uh, what uh, CBS Sports uh, two days ago put out a, uh, a post saying, Michael Thomas opts, out, uh, opts against surgery on an in, injured ankle in March, which then reportedly ignores calls for them saints for three months and undergoes surgery in july then thomas posts on his instagram they tried to damage your reputation you saved theirs by not telling your side of the story <laughs> to which oh, i say to thomas to which i say to mike just tell your side of the story you freaking diva tom there, rossi aaron rogers whisperer there's only one way you can and really like there's really only one way you can and go about uh, uh, bitching about the uh, team, and it's tell your freaking side of the story. What are you know. doing that freaking dance for? No, no. I can't. <laughs> we'll move on to baseball because it really is yeah. basketball. Yeah. The, uh, Honestly, there's really fucking nothing for baseball and Basically, the news for baseball this week is quieter than my love life. Yeah, I uh, I saw uh, that you uh, put that there, but uh, yeah. uh I mean, well, I don't know. we, we do have. I mean, we do have one uh, pretty decent and uh, better news. That being, being that uh, that the Yankees COVID outbreak has is consumed more people, including their recent trade acu- acquisition in Anthony Rizzo. Oh God. Thanks, Yankees. <laughs> but uh, I guess we should really just go into players of the week. So why don't you start off with yours? And my player of the week, the man who's been hitting a lot of fucking dingers as of late, and that's the man, George Springer. It's a damn good thing that he got off of I uh, off of IL and onto my freaking fantasy team because. It, because for some reason I'm the only one who cares anymore. I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. I no, that's fair. That's fair. Because I just joined a uh, a BSU fantasy football league, and I have to go on a, another account to do that because apparently my ESPN is dumb. Which which I mean that's gonna which I mean and and now begs the question of are we gonna do uh, a common fantasy football league? Oh, we can. Oh, we absolutely can. Or uh, I've never actually done fantasy hockey, so what if we do that? Oh, we should do that too. Why not? All right, so uh, we, we can do both. Uh, but uh, 
going back to uh, the uh, to player of the week. week. Oh, yes, we have uh, uh, one uh, a man responsible for uh, the best outing uh, for the best pitching outing the uh, the Phillies have seen since uh, Roy Halladay's his perfect game in 2010. And Zach Wheeler, the pitcher for the Philly, is coincidentally on the very day that uh, that it was announced that. Uh, Roy Halladay's number was going to be retired. Uh, rather, that Roy Halladay was going into the uh, Phillies Hall of, Fa- uh, Hall of Fame or Ring of Honor or whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, Zach Wheeler uh, pitches a uh, a complete game shutout uh, uh, with only two hits, I think one, and only one walk, uh, retiring 22 consecutive, uh, which is the most since, uh, since Halladay's perfect game in 2010. And but uh, yeah, that's that's really it. So I think it's time to uh, to go over standings, or you know, standings. Um, so the Firebirds, how about them birds? I mean, we just completely skipped over the Olympics and uh, oh, and oh, the MLB yeah, standings. Yeah, we just forgot about yeah, we just forgot about that. Let's do the Olympics. We also forgot the MLB standings. So I'll, we'll do medal count last this time because this is the last week that we cover in the Olympics as they are now over. We also forgot it going over the MLB standings. Fucking kill me. Fucking kill me. Give me a second. Let me pull those up. I'll be right back. I, I, I didn't sleep good, okay? Give me a All right. I, uh, I, I have them go. The least. The Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay the Rays. All right. The Sox five games back. The Yankees seven back. The Jays seven and a half back. And the Orioles are thirty games back. Oh my god! It's not as bad as the AL Central at all. The White Sox at the top. I mean, that's but the Guardians at ten and a half back. Um, the Tigers at twelve and a half. The Royals at seventeen back, and the Twins at eighteen back. Hey, remember when we were joking about the about the about the NL East being the only uh, division where every team uh, where uh, every team except the Mets were uh, under five hundred? Yeah, that's the yeah that's and the now, now the AL Central. Yeah, the uh, the White Sox are the only team above uh, uh, above uh, five hundred uh, with a five point with a point five eight eight. Even after they traded away the one of the best of uh, one of the best. Uh, this player prospects uh, in the league and, make, and Nick Madrigal uh, for what for honestly uh, a uh, a bit of a rental and uh, uh, and uh, in a reliever in, in Craig Kimbrell. But uh, let's go on to uh, the AL West where we had the Astros in first, the Athletics uh, at two back, Mariners at eight and a half back, Angels at ten and a half back. Which how the fuck? And the Rangers are a blessed 27 games back. And I'll yep. tell you how the Angels are, are 10 and a half back. I mean, it's Mike, I mean, Mike Trout is still on IL. And I mean, there's not much that, uh, and I mean, when he's out, there's not much that uh, that many players can do there other than like, I don't know, Jared Walsh, Shoei Otani. Anyway, let's go to the. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What the fuck? Now there's a, there's a number Dylan Cousins in sports. Oh, great. Where? And uh, he went from the MLB draft in 2012 
to the 2021 NFL training camp with the New England Patriots. Huh. Anyway, let's get to the NL East. <laughs> what do we have? Uh, the uh, aforementioned the Phillies. Waves. No, no, Wait. what the fuck? Oh, can, can, can I do the freaking standings? Thing because <laughs> you, fuck you. No, I'm, dude. <laughs> fuck, fuck. No. Screw you. I'm, screw you. I'm doing the standings. The Phillies are. No, no, I'm the one saying fuck you. Dude, dude, come on. I, uh, I will uh, freaking uh, mute. Uh, I'll do the Central and the West, then. I'll let you do the East. Go ahead. All right. For the first, for the first time since what, uh, since like the beginning of the seasons, we have a, uh, a brand new team at, uh, at the top of the NL East. We have the Phillies at. Is at the top with the Braves. It was a game back. The Mets, it's at two back. And finally, with the Nationals, we finally got our first team under 500. And with, and with them being eight and a half back. And the Marlins at 12 and a half back. Maybe you guys shouldn't have, have traded yellow. Maybe you guys shouldn't have had that fire sale a few years ago. I feel like John Carlo, Yelich, and, and JT Real Muto would have. Uh, what a really uh, benefit you got. It also going to help off. with um, four out of your five teams in that division haven't been on losing streaks. Yeah, it's, but, uh, yeah. I mean, the Nationals just blew up everything at the uh, at the trade deadline. Yeah. Anyway, the NL Central. Fine, you get to do the Central. Uh, NL Central. The Brewers at the top, followed by the Reds at seven back, Rick Cards at eleven back. The Cubbies at 16 and a half back, and the Pirates at 26 and a half back. Can I just can I just ask something? What is going on with Christian Yelich? The dudes had, frankly, one of the wor- uh, a pretty terrible seat. He isn't. He's only been in like 230 something and uh, and only six uh, home runs. And this far into the season, I had expected uh, a lot more from him. I don't know. I don't know. I, I wish I could answer that. And then finally, the possibly most top-heavy division I've ever seen, the NL West. The Giants are still in the lead with the Dodgers and four back, the Padres at seven back, the Rockies at 21 back, and for everyone's laughs and shits and giggles, the Diamondbacks at 37 and a half back. I want to see the, uh, the Diamondbacks uh, have a uh, have a uh, have a hundred loss season. I well, want to see that's very possible. And the thing is, now if the Diamondbacks lose two games and they win out for the remainder of the season, they'll be at 500. But if they win three, if they lose three more games, they are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Well, I mean, it's the Diamondbacks, they it's the Diamondbacks. I mean, what else? What do they have on that team? Catel Marte. Catel Marte, Holly. Catel, yeah, that's that's really all they have. They, yep. uh, I mean, Mad Bum, uh, Mad Bum sucks. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zach Paddock, uh, rather, uh, freaking Zach Gallon is is just not great. I think they traded off Eduardo Escobar. <laughs> uh, like that team is screwed. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but I mean, hey. Congrats to uh, Eddie Al- uh, Eddie Alvarez, is because I mean this is going to be a good segue into the Olympics. It's, we have yes, Eddie Alvarez becomes uh, is officially the fir- the third Olymp- U.S. Olympian to 
medal in both the Winter and Summer Olympic Olympics, as he was on the uh, the silver medal the silver medal U.S. baseball team after getting silver in the 5,000 meter skating relay at Sochi 2014. Holy, holy crap! So 2014 was seven years ago. Oh, yeah. oh, but uh. Uh, I mean, in Japan baseball uh, ended up winning in that uh, ended up winning in what you mean? It's the place that it's the place that birthed Shohei Otani and and Ichiro Suzuki. I kind of expected them to have uh, some sort of a uh, uh, just a little bit of a leg up on us. Yeah. Anyway, let's so, go to. And I, I got I, and I got a cheer real quick. My Canadian women's soccer team takes on the goal. And I'm cheering on in Qu Quinn, the midfielder for the uh, for uh, for the Canadian women's team, and being the first openly transgender com uh, competitor in. Uh, to uh, get a medal in the Olympics, let alone um, win gold, which I mean that started that started a whole whole controversy about uh, about uh, about trans about trans competition in the Olympics. But the, but what they failed to realize is that uh, is that uh, is that Quinn was uh, is that Quinn is biologically female. Yeah, like they're like they're, there's no there's no. Well, athletic. There's no sort of uh, faux athletic advantage that uh, that she could have possibly uh, gained by in in by being uh, that they could have uh, possibly gained by being non-binary. It's yeah. just it's just shut your mouth and realize that the Olympics are uh, are just a uh, are just uh, a nationalist. Social jerk, circle jerk. Anyway, yeah. but um, and then the men's basketball team for the U.S. winning their fourth straight gold after a very after a very stunning loss to France. And I mean, behold, they beat France. I'm honestly kind of surprised that they that they didn't end up getting knocked out to Slovenia. I would have loved to see Luka Doncic. It's just torch everyone in, on the men's national team because I mean that's sort of what he does in the is in the NBA. Yep, as per usual. God, I I freaking love Luka Doncic. I uh, I want the Celtics to trade like Marcus Smart and four first round picks to get uh, to get him. That'd be freaking hilarious. Yeah, and then the final medal count. Of the Olympics are as follows, and I'll do top ten, and I'll even add Canada, because I gotta be that biased prick. Of course. So finishing with the most golds and the most medals is USA, thirty-nine gold, forty-one silver, thirty-three bronze, for a total of one hundred and thirteen medals. I wonder what's the record for most those uh, medals a uh, one country has won in the Olympics. I'll let you look that up while I read this off. In second place is the People's Republic of China. 
38 gold, 32 silver, 18 bronze for a total of 88 medals. And third, and plus these are ranked based on gold medals. Third is Japan, 27 gold, 14 silver, 17 bronze for 58 total. Fourth, we have the British, 22 gold, 21 silver, 22 bronze for a total of 65. So the so the answer to my question is is the record is is the U.S. won the USA won in 239 medals in the third ever Olympic Games in St. Louis in St. Louis, which was which was 78 gold, 82 silver, and and 79 in bronze. And the second place is is the USSR having 90. Wait, 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 wait. In St. Louis, what year was this? 1904 or was it? 1904, yeah. Then the Russian, then that didn't exist then. It was the Russian Empire. No, no, the USSR uh, lies in second place is during the, uh, with the 1980 uh, oh, games. Oh, no. having, uh, having 199, 195 medals, 80 gold, 69 silver, 46 bronze. Nice. And in the, uh, in the 1980 Olympic Games. So, continuing with the medal standings for these Olympics, um, the ROC, the Russian Olympic Committee, in fifth, 20 gold, 28 silver, 23 bronze for a total of 71. In sixth is Australia, 17 gold, 7 silver, 22 bronze for 46. Wow, that's sort of top heavy. In, yeah, I know. In seventh, we have the Netherlands. 10 gold, 12 silver, 14 bronze for a total of 36. Now we have the French at 10, at 10 gold, 12 silver, 11 bronze for 33. Um, the Germans at 9th at 10 gold, 11 silver, 16 bronze for a total of 37. And 10th we have Italy, 10 gold, 10 silver, 20 bronze for 40. And because I have to do my nationality biases, and 11th is Canada, 7 gold, 6 silver, 11 bronze for 24, and Brazil at 12. 7 gold, 6 silver, 8 bronze for 21. Of course, uh, of course you had to, uh, to include your national bias. But, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. So that will do it for the Olympics until the Winter Olympics come up come about in February. Yeah, it does happen, you know, barring COVID. So we will move on to our final segment of the day, miscellaneous. Yes. How Where? about them birds? Yep. Yeah. The uh, uh unfortunately, Tanner and I will not have a uh, a. A chance to go back down uh, for another, go back down to Hyannis for another, uh, for another, uh, uh, for another oh, uh, next uh, game. Will. We will next um, season, I promise you that. Um, but uh, but I know we will be going to a lot of football games at BSU this season. But there are, uh, but there are. Uh, they end the season in in with, with with a record of thirteen and seventeen. Hold on, One thirteen, seventeen, and how many ties? Because I think they had a couple. 
Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, uh, I mean, I can uh, go over the uh, just the uh, the year uh, the year uh, the year thing. You want go ahead. Uh, uh, in first with. Uh, uh, in first with uh, with nine ho- uh, with a 357 in batting average uh, on the uh, on the birds uh, we had and uh, uh, we had Trey Harp uh, we had Trey Harmon in playing first in space and outfield well, with uh, uh, the uh, the year leader in uh, in home runs with nine was uh, was center fielder and pitcher uh, Chase Delauder. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, with twenty seven RBIs is uh, Tyler Locklear, uh, third and first baseman Tyler Locklear uh, led the team. Um, um, with two wins wins uh, pitcher Jack Philby uh, uh, ended up tying a few. Uh, ended up tying off uh, three other pitchers uh, on the team for uh, first uh, for most wins. And uh, in terms of uh, strikeouts, Hayden Thomas led the uh, led the league with twenty, rather wait thirty. Sorry, and with a pretty staggering zero point seven nine in ERA, Nathan Florence. And ended up uh, ended up taking home the uh, the ERA crown for the uh, year. The uh, uh, the uh, the next next best was Zach Morris, is uh, with a uh, with a one point two one ERA. Uh, but uh, wow, zero point seven nine. That's uh, that's like the Grom levels of uh, of crazy. But uh. Uh, what is it? Uh, their entire uh, their act their entire uh, se- season it was uh 13, 17, and five, which I which ended up putting them at the bottom of of uh, the East Division, and unfortunately, yeah. but uh you know there's always next year, and even if it uh, and even if uh, this year didn't go as well, there are definitely some. Uh, some bright spots like that, uh, uh, like that time, and that the sprinklers had uh, came on, and at the end of the game, that'll that I will not, uh, that uh, lives rent free in my mind. Yes. But uh, uh, yeah, there's not really too much to talk about uh, at the fireworks after that, uh, and. We did not see USC two sixty five, so we really don't have anything to say on it. I, uh, I will. I think I've said it before, and I'll. Uh, and if I have, I'll say it again. And if I uh, haven't said it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. And the uh, uh I am. Uh, there's not much uh, that can really justify. Uh, that there's not much in my mind that will really justify me. Paying an exorbitant amount of money to 
you know, to watch these these fights. So I'd rather, so I'd much rather just catch the, uh, uh just catch the highlights on YouTube you know, than actually watch it, than watch the whole fights. Especially since you don't know if there, you don't know how much downtime in there is. So you might be paying a in a boatload of money to watch a, a shitty fight. So yeah, I, uh, I'm like, uh, I don't even, I didn't even really hear anyone talking about, uh, you know, C65 at all, C65 at all. So, uh, yeah. And then finally, the big piece of news we have, uh, Lionel Messi. He has departed Barcelona because of financial and structural barriers that the team could not overcome. Therefore, Messi was became a free agent in the soccer world. And then eventually, he did sign a two-year deal with French club Paris Saint-Germain in what is now possibly considered the deadliest trio of Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. That is probably... Oh, shit! That's going to tear shit That is... Off. You know what? I feel like this might end up being like a. Uh, I feel like this might end up uh, turning into uh, like something that uh, like it puts the it puts the uh, uh, the it puts European soccer sort of on the same trajectory as as U.S. basketball. Oh, well, we're like it's entirely player driven. No one uh, it stops. Uh, being about the uh, it, it's it, it ends up stopping uh, it, it this ends up stopping being the uh, league from being about team building and shit it, and turns into into players uh, to players controlling every, everything about everything yeah but uh and that's it. Really, all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us today on this like, another Wednesday of this Comic Sports podcast. Pretty soon, we'll be doing our final Zoom cast, and then we will be doing this in person. I believe on Thursdays. I'm not sure exactly. I think Thursdays was the selected day. Was it selected? I think so. I think yeah. that's what it was. So we will have a couple more Wednesday casts for you, but here on this Zoom bullshit and then we will be going to in-person recordings for once so thank you for joining us this week on the podcast it was a great honor to you know give you the news have some laughs with the uh winnipeg fan and we will see you guys next week take care it's going to be weird for us to switch over to to audacity instead of uh instead of just doing it by zoom but you know we're going to try our best and and hopefully it still comes out. Yeah, we're, we're uh, gonna great. need we're gonna need equipment. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully it still comes out uh, doing well. Uh, so take care, everybody, and and have a great rest of your day.